Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we're finishing up The Hollow Places. I'm no longer scared, which is good. Hmm. Lucky you. I know. I know. Um, so yeah, we finished the book, but we got to get warmed up, as mm. usual. Mm-hmm. Luke, I was reading the news this morning, like I typically do, and on NPR, there was an article about how, I think it was today, is the 42nd anniversary from when The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was published, which, like, of course, that's why they would be talking about the 42nd anniversary, because, like, classic. But it got me thinking. Right. That The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has a very important place in my reading history because that was the book that like reintroduced me to reading for fun as an adult. Oh. So like, and what I mean by that is like in middle school, so I used to read when I was like in elementary school and younger, just like all the time for fun. Like, I would stay up late reading and my parents would get mad that I was up late reading all night. But in, like, middle school and high school, stopped reading for fun. We were reading for school, so it was, like, kind of more of a job thing. Then in college, I was like, hey, I really liked reading. Maybe I should try reading again. Picked up Hitchhiker's Guide. Loved it. Outstanding. Changed my life. Been reading ever since. Okay. I I kind of vaguely remember this because that's I you took the opposite route of me of where I like I always read a ton in in high school and then like didn't really read in college and then started again after college. Hmm, Interesting. Do you have a book that like you restarted with after you after we got through college and it was like time to start reading again? I think it was a lot of Brandon Sanderson, honestly. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Very good. And so that... I, I have not read um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Definitely recommend. Definitely recommend. Uh, it, was, I, it was probably one of the first books that I read as an adult, as like not a child, that I thought was funny. Like, because in high school and middle uh-huh. school, I don't think I found any of the books we were reading, like, funny. And we were always dissecting them and looking for deeper meanings and doing all this analysis. And then I read Hitchhiker's Guide and it was just, like, jokes and funny scenarios. And I was like, oh, this is a book? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, definitely recommend. If, sure. if you haven't read it. Okay. It's a little, obviously, it's 42 years old at this point, so it's not the most topical. But pretty clever pretty good yeah i do okay i do like that in the book um it is weird that i haven't read it Mm. i feel like i don't know i feel like a lot of folks haven't read it though because it's kind of old you know yeah yeah but anyway wait so okay go on yeah my question was just if you had a book that kind of like got you back into reading and it sounds like sanderson kind of got you back into reading as an adult I I kind of vaguely think that it was Sanderson. Mm-hmm. I think that it was more largely just having way more time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it says something about uh, how little I spent studying in college when I should have been. <laughs> um, because I 
Well, okay. So part of me in college, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how much our like time spent studying relates, but I had a decent amount of free time. But the issue is that I I wanted to spend that on things that didn't take a ton of time specific, if that makes any sense. Mm. So like I, for some reason mentally was like, yeah, if I just play like, you know, these video games that only take like 20 minutes, that's fine. I can just like do a quick game and then go study. Again. Right. I can play like eight rounds. And of, then of 2K. course it ended up like not, it was like FIFA and 2k. And it was like a game is 20 minutes, but I would play for two hours. Right. Oh um, yeah. But like, I didn't want to read because when I read a fantasy book, at least in high school, it was like I was reading that fantasy book <laughs> for the rest of the day. Yes. Yes. And sure. after college, I could do that because like after five, whatever. <laughs> Luke's gone after 5 p.m. Um, so it was it was it was more a, a time and lifestyle thing for me mm-hmm. and not like it's not like i had lost interest in fantasy books mm. and some specific book brought me back mm-hmm. okay all right well fair enough luke listener out there if i asked that question and you had a book that brought you back into reading tweet at us you know send us send us something on the subreddit I'm sure we'll be we'll be tweeting or, or posting there, calling for those books that brought you back. Let us know. Let us know what brought you back into reading. We always like to hear. We always like to hear from you. Speaking of reading, Luke. Great, great segue for a book podcast. I know. Um, let's talk about the hollow places. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we okay. We finished the hollow places. Everything is everything is fair game. Um, we were, I think, we were largely wrong with our predictions. Yeah, I mean, she did go back. <laughs> she, she did. I I'm not. I don't know if I'm willing to give us credit for that part of it. Um, but she did. <laughs> she did go back, and it was kind of because the carving. The carving had a component, and the person that sent the carving. Okay. Also, there was a component there. All right. So <laughs> some pieces. We got some pieces. <laughs> we were we were poking in in some of the well, we didn't get any jetpack involvement, but <laughs> um, yes, the little the little carving got involved. I want to I want to start us off on a very specific thing. So she can. She goes back because she's, like, being drawn there in her sleep, and she's sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, very dangerous, right? Like Yeah, like, killer. Any of these times, she could die. And, like, I luckily, she does not die. There's one time when they have learned this, and Simon comes in and is like, yeah, let's hear these handcuffs. They'll keep you from going. And they're like Velcro. Yeah, they're not handcuffs. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about the about the vibe from them, but they're Velcro. And she's like, I'm going to rip out of these. <laughs> and she says, no, because then you'll wake up. Are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> how does no one, how is she not like, 
How does she think that this is an acceptable response when she has been clawing at the wall and not waking up? Especially this, right? Absolutely this. She's been raking her nails against a plaster wall to the point where she is like harming herself and she doesn't realize she's doing it. And Simon shows up and is like, hey, I got this little Velcro strap that'll definitely keep you from getting in that zone. Like... I get it if you're talking regular sleepwalking. Sure, maybe. <laughs> maybe the little jolt there is going to wake me yeah. up. I'm not going to risk my life on this assumption. On a Velcro strap. No. When you consider, you could just, you could so easily tie her better. Yeah, yeah. Or here's a solution, Luke, that... They think about for two seconds and then completely disregard. I'm sleeping somewhere else. I'm sleeping somewhere where I will need to get in a vehicle and drive said vehicle back to the hole. If I want to come into the hole before the sun comes poking its head up. I'm not sleeping in this room anymore. And look, you can still come back and deal with the like uh, museum. You can do all that. Worst comes to worst, get in your car, drive it really far away, just spend the night in your car. Right. Get an Airbnb for the week. Yeah, make a little treat of it. Get Simon, you and Simon, and have a little vacation. Yeah. You can also, also, you could close the museum for (laughs) No, Luke. She can't close the museum. Oh, that is how (laughs) much. Think of the lost revenue. If we're so if we're so on the margin, let's charge Simon for rent. (laughs) Because they're ridiculous. They they were getting paid in coffee. Coffee's not that expensive. No, he's making a batch brew over there and giving you some of it. It's like thirty cents. Yeah, I will say. I now know why why Simon's coffee is so is so good. Mm. It's because he doesn't have to pay rent anymore. So he's sourcing <laughs> the good beans. That's, um, yeah, that's very true. His overhead is so low. So low. We got to be charging these like just lo- just a low rent even. Yeah, but Luke, Luke, here's the economics that you're missing. The coffee is so good okay. it draws in customers. Then they go to the museum, so it's paying for itself. Okay, this is actually something that I want to dive deep into. Um, All you econ majors out there, please let us know how the economics work of this coffee shop. Okay, yeah, because you because you got we're getting mostly tourists, mm-hmm. and so it's not like reg like you can't get regulars to the coffee shop. I'm, so, I think there are a couple. So Simon's Simon's Yelp reviews are critical. Yes. Yes, which in this circumstance, I'll say could be also his like style could be a contributing factor to this, right? Yes. Like he himself could be a tourist attraction in this little town where it's like it's like part of the vibe of the coffee shop. It's like there is this coffee shop. They make great coffee. And the dude that runs it is wild. He looks so cool. He's got a vibe about him. (laughs) And it's just like nothing you've ever seen before. Right. Yes. 
And and also, I I, th- I really think we're underestimating how much money he's saving with not having to pay rent because it's a lot. Um, and so you and now we're reinvesting that money mm-hmm. in like little cool things mm-hmm. around the coffee shop. Right, right. See, it's drawing people in. It's drawing people in. Luke. I'm not. I, right, we're not getting a lot of hints of it, but there, it's there. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely is there. Um, but to get back to the, <laughs> to get back to what we were talking about, for, forego the twenty dollars you would make working at the museum, save your life maybe. Mm-hmm. Take a weekend, regroup, and come back with a plan, and maybe some concrete. Like, let's figure this out. I do love. I do love that this whole time they they had the concrete idea. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't think we can really manage that. And it's just what they do in the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but until it was like going to definitely kill them, then it was like, ah, it's a lot of stairs to bring all that concrete up. I That's don't true. know. That's true. Concrete also big source of CO2. Right. A lot of emissions. Of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. For sure. For sure. Ooh. Hold on. Luke, this is actually going to tie in so well to something that I want to talk about. We have a hole to another dimension that we don't have to care at all about. Okay. Okay. I like where you're going here. Let's take all of the garbage, just all of it, and it goes in here now. Every piece of trash you have goes in the hole and guess what we don't have to worry about it yeah okay this is a great idea um and okay first off okay everything everything is good about this okay first off all the trash goes in there second off huge coal plant is now in this town with the exhaust no the exhaust boop boop right into the hole bye okay (laughs) we're taking carbon out of the system I appreciate this. I think the better option is the biggest nuclear power plant you've ever oh, seen. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Guess where we're putting the waste? <laughs> yeah. This is ideal. And, Luke, do you, wanna, you know it's even, like, potentially better? You take the plant, build it inside the extra dimension. Sure, it's a little dangerous, but, like, you just have to have a enough concrete. Risky. You just have to have enough concrete. You build the plant in there. Very true. Then you can dump whatever you want down that river. Nobody's going to care. No, you're not going to get any complaints from anybody. All right? No complaints. If there's a malfunction, close the door. Let it happen. It's not ruining anything bad. Just let it go. This is so that true. That one's gone. And this is this is leading to my my main point about this. Why, when they left the demon hole... Is it suddenly a secret? Why are they trying to conceal this from everybody? At the detriment of their own health, they're like, I'm going to die because I don't have anyone to help me cover this thing with concrete. Why why is it a secret? This, okay, this is a a thing for the whole book, I I would say. I don't know why it's a secret to begin with other than simon's like past arrest record in florida i think maybe the dead body had a little bit of a like there's potentially something there 
it's like a hundred years old. I know, but I could kind of get that reasoning. Like, sure, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It makes some sense. When they get out of the hole and they're like keeping it away from anybody knowing that it's there. No, this is a huge success. This is outstanding. Tell everybody about this cool hole to another dimension. Get some help. Get the government involved. Dan, okay, you're missing how much this would affect the character of the neighborhood. Ooh. Oh, this is actually so true. Coffee shop gone, probably. Museum gone, coffee shop gone, a lot of the townsfolk probably gone directly into the hole for test experimentation. I don't know if that's part's true. Uh, but, um, I mean, once the CIA gets a hold of that hole, Luke, you don't know what's going in there. Ooh, actually, ooh, that. now that we take it in this direction, if Guantanamo is like a special prison that we could have, oh, this could okay, be like the I, worst prison of all time. It would be a huge waste to go prison there. <laughs> I mean, sure, it would be a huge waste, but... Is that going to stop it from happening? Like, sure, we can put a nuclear power plant in there. Yeah. You know what we can also put in there that there's probably room for? Extrajudicial prison. Constitution doesn't apply in another dimension, Luke. Okay. <laughs> I think I might be convincing myself on this one that we, we should have. It's a good idea to keep it secret now. Sure. Sure. Okay. We'll get, let's we'll give it to them. There's points on either side, I think. It's it's a, both sides are right. On this I one. don't know about that. Um, <laughs> can can I can I move us along to something else, kind of trivial? Uh, I mean, yeah, of course. So, is it weird that the carrot? So carrot hurts her knee mm-hmm. really badly, mm-hmm. and she keeps being like. Oh man, Uncle Earl must have been in so much pain. Now I like totally get it. I like it's not the same injury at all. Right. Right? No, not not at all. It's just like, man, I can't believe he's been in this pain s- this whole time. He's really been brave. <laughs> like I it's nice to think mm-hmm. that way. It's just like he it's not the same injury at all. <laughs> Well, see, Luke, you're actually getting to an interesting point about the fact that all pain is subjective in the mind of the person experiencing that pain. We can never really understand anyone's pain, regardless of mm-hmm. what injury it's from. And the extremity, like the level of that pain, we can't understand or how they actually experience it, we can't understand. So, yeah, it's like there's this barrier that Carrot's trying to break down between her and her uncle and bond over this pain, when in reality... There's no hole between those dimensions, and they're forever separate. Mm-hmm. This is the point that I was getting at. Thank you for seeing. Thank you for seeing that. Yeah, of course. I got. I got it. I got it. Speaking of uh, analysis of this book, do you want to hear okay. uh, one of the themes? Which we were. Do you want to hear one of the themes that sure. the, is explored in this book that's a little bit obtuse upon first first glance? I'd love to big theme guy Mm -hmm. so we we talked in the intro about high school and analyzing a book so i did a little bit of high school analysis here and i'd like to look at some of the metaphors that are being used here right they go to this other dimension 
and there's these willows, right? They're all willows too, okay? And the willows produce this, this light, this kind of ghastly light that illuminates the darkness. It kind of draws you in. It enlivens dead things. Mm-hmm. Now, what do we know about willows, Luke? We know as chemists, obviously, that willows are where aspirin originally comes from. Aspirin is used as like a numbing compound, right? Reduces mm-hmm. pain, all right? Got to chew on that bark. Mm-hmm. Chewing on that willow bark. So these willows, these symbols of numbness and reducing pain are also producing this like light that is drawing people in and enlivening this dead substance and making it look like it's alive when actually it's dead. And that's why uh, in this TED Talk, I'll be explaining why willows are just a metaphor for cell phones and the internet in this book. I t- I, yeah, no, I... When the the intro for your for your talk, I could tell where it was going from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. So the willows are basically cell phones, uh, and it's a metaphor for just how we're all sucked into these stupid little boxes, and they're making us numb to the world. And some spirit is gonna mess with our body and make our organs come out if we keep going on this path. So, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's it. I, I totally I totally agree with that interpretation. I um I have very few notes. You know, no notes actually. <laughs> no notes. That's my thesis and I don't need to support it. So, pretty short essay. <laughs> it's a good one. I think it's good. I liked it. I don't know how, I don't know how to follow also, up. Also, you know, these willows honest. are connecting People from various dimensions, just like cell phones, connecting people from all over the world. But are they really good? Mm, probably not. Pro- pro- yeah, probably sure not. there's connection. Um, but is it good that there's a connection? I, th- I think it's quite clear that it's not in this circumstance. Um, but, okay, is it weird that we don't learn a ton I think we just learned a lot about the willows. <laughs> okay, that's true. Um, You're saying about the willows, about the willows and the the they the them um, group. I think from an audience perspective, it seems a little strange. But how are we supposed to get that intel? Right. Like we talked, we spent a lot of time last episode saying. What's going to get them back in here? What's going to get them to go back into the zone? It's going to have to take a lot. And I don't know if scientific curiosity is going to be high up on that list. Not Okay, not for them. I do think had they not kept it a secret, obviously we would have explored. Mm-hmm. Got to. I'm still curious what this city was. <laughs> Luke would be one of the first people through that hole. Tell him, the, tell him the government to give him a jetpack because he's going exploring. I'm not going. I don't care about these willows. Enjoy your weird city, Luke. Here's okay. Here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a foolproof way to safely get to the city. <laughs> okay. All right. Sure. I'm I'm being carried by a drone. Uh huh. And I'm asleep. What are you talking about? 
the, they can't get me when I don't think about them, right? I'm asleep. Yeah, but like... Until I get to the city, and there's no willows in the city. Aren't there? I think the Sturdivant says that the, they're like all around the city. I thought he said they had, like, they had, like, taken it over. I don't, I don't know. All right, well, either way, you're... This is bad. This is bad idea. What? And here's why it's a bad idea. This is literally why they ended up back in the place in the first place. They were asleep. And in their dreams, the willows were like, hey, come no. check this out. No, g- give me a guy that hasn't gone in sedated. And he gets to the city safe for sure. Right. And then what happens when he wakes up? And he's like, where am I? Why are there trees everywhere? No, okay, 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 okay. You're, you're, mis- you're misreading my intentions. I, as the volunteer for this mission, mm-hmm. have heard the story mm-hmm. and have volunteered to, um, to, to go take a, sleeping, to sleep, take a sleeping pill and be carried <laughs> to the city because I want to check out this city. Okay, I see okay? what you're saying now. Yeah. Um, so, Luke, the, like, them can't get you, but the things that they've created can still get you, right? This is the issue with the boat, buddy. Yeah. You're telling me they haven't created a pterodactyl human who's flying around with, like, big bat wings looking for folks doing this exact thing? I, I don't get the sense that they're strategically changing people. Right, but if you get enough monkeys and typewriters, you're going to end up with a pterodactyl person flying around, Luke. Okay, that's a valid point. And brings me back to my drones. <laughs> oh, you're saying they're armed. The drones are armed. <laughs> As all drones should. No. Um, oh, boy. I'm going to cut that one short. Yeah. Anyway, there are, I, we can do this. Yeah. Other military who's who just like was like from the other world, here you guys go in and we'll check on you in ten days. ridiculous, by the way. Yeah, that's why that whole thing didn't really work out. Right. Ooh. Unless, Luke. Unless their whole unless that was like not their last expedition. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what true. if that was like the first one and they were like, okay, great success. We only lost eight out of 10. Not bad. And we gained right. one. Assuming the other two made it. We gained one, which is very cool. Hey, what what was the name of, of your kid's elementary school again? They have a bus, right? What if we said kids? What if, the, what if these are all from <laughs> the same other dimension and they're just trying a bunch of stuff? Like, it's all kind of random. And they're like, they sent the school bus next. That was their next step. School school bus and then guy on a boat. Guy on a boat. They were like, like, there's water. (laughs) Park ranger. Park ranger, of course. There's trees. We got to send him. He's got to know what to do. Maybe he can get those kids back. Do you think? Hang on. Okay. Uh The school bus. Mm -hmm. The driver was female, correct? Ooh, I don't remember. But let's, for sake of I argument, I think so. Yes. Do we know of a school bus driven by a female teacher that goes on adventures? Oh, Avengers? no! It's Miss Frizzle! <laughs> oh, no! 
this is the finale. This, this is the finale of the Magic School Bus. This is the this is the tough finale that <laughs> that not many people wanted to read. This is horrible. This is really bad. Oh man. I mean, I love it. Yeah. This is a, it's a fitting end for these kids that are flying way too close to the sun. Right. It was it was their fault. You know what they say about curiosity um, loot? It's but yeah, what do they what do they say though? Something about killing cats, I think. Okay. Um I forget where we started with this, but Anyway, there yeah, there's let's do some exploring. <laughs> Luke wants to go in. Luke wants to know more about this zone. I don't. I'm I'm glad they've they've sealed it up. Sure. Sure. Um I I want to move us ahead a little bit more, kind of towards the end, cuz the end has a lot of things that I want to talk about that happened. Okay. Before we get to to the very end, um we we both knew the carving was the thing doing this stuff, right? Yes. Clearly. How did Carrot... I mean, maybe Carrot's just inundated with so much cursed stuff every day that she just doesn't think of an item is causing this thing to happen. But, like, she's... It seems so obvious as a reader that, the of course, this carved otter thing is the one doing all this stuff. <laughs> right. Um. I, okay, so I think that there's a lot of things like mm-hmm. this. Because I, I have one note that's like, you got to be taking the investigation of what's going on a little bit more seriously. Right. Not just like a tourist um, put their elbow through the wall and opened up a portal to another dimension. That doesn't happen every day. Certainly not every day. Um, and the, the, when, the, when it starts animating oh, yeah. the things... Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I was a rat. <laughs> I, th- I kind of can understand that either this is part of the horror genre of, like, the characters have to be somewhat oblivious. Like dramatic irony. Yeah. It was getting a little frustrating. Because mm. it was like, oh, I slept fine last night, so maybe we're good. And then, like, let's have a normal day. That's crazy to me. She's still like designing logos. Yeah. Oh, she's got to get paid. I don't Luke. know. You got yeah. You got to get paid. Certainly. Um, but how many t- how many times did this thing fall over? Every time that the hole was reopened. Like, like obviously correlation doesn't prove causation, but there's got to be some part of your brain that like is making that connection. Mm-hmm. And I will say a lot of the times in books or movies when characters do dumb shit, sometimes I will chalk it up to like kind of willful ignorance. Like the possibility that that's what happening that's what's happening is so hard for them to like accept that they're willing to go to like kind of extreme lengths to not believe the most obvious thing, right? Like for example, if this otter thing is cursed, what else in this museum is just terribly cursed, right? If I start believing an item can be doing this, then this museum needs to be burned to the ground because all this stuff is terribly, terribly cursed, potentially. Well, you certainly got to start going through 
the items that were sent by what's his name yes yes like hey buddy did you send the instructions for that in a like banana leaf (laughs) okay since we're here i this is like the big thing that i want to talk about for the rest of the episode this dude who's sending shit to the museum what what is he doing this is awful this is ridiculous okay he sent the instructions in like a nondescript manual I th- I feel like he's trying to cause them to die. Like, I feel like this is a malicious yeah. act he has done. And there is some beef between him and the uncle that has been left unresolved. And he was trying to murder the uncle. Because just, like, slap a big warning sticker on there that says, like, this otter sculpture is known to contain chemicals by the state of California to cause hell portals or something along those lines give me a summary in big bold letters on the item please right like not just a name you can't just give me the name what does the name mean nothing also if like (laughs) you included a label with the name (laughs) you couldn't write c banana leaf book for further notes on that or even just like you know what forget the name i don't care what this thing is called just tell me it's very dangerous and to read your stupid book that you sent i don't care what it's called or when it when it was made i don't care about any of that what is the most important information about this thing (laughs) that you know that you saw it do it made portals to nowhere (laughs) And you're like, they need to know when this was from and what it's called so that they can put it out in the museum and tell tourists about it. That's what's key. <laughs> this guy sucks. He's evil. He is evil. I th- Did we even check what he wrote in the we book? We never, ever hear what's in the banana book. <laughs> what if? <laughs> what if it's blank? What if this is his like excuse? What if he call they call him up? No, I know. They call him up and he's like, "Oh, uh Oh, yeah. Um you fi- it did a portal thing by you?" "Oh, yeah, I wrote about that in the book. You didn't Did you get the book I sent? Is it this thing in banana leaves? Uh, does it have pages?" <laughs> "Yes, as pages, then yes. That was the book I sent." Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't open it. At this point, you know, it's over. So don't worry about opening it and reading what what I wrote in there. Yeah, I'm very suspicious of this guy. I This is one of them for sure. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting, Luke. We, it did say that they were like extra dimensional, right? And so maybe right. he is projecting from our dimension into this like weird space, right? Maybe they do mm-hmm. exist in other dimensions. And when they're in this willow zone, they're weird creatures because they have to like project in. Ooh. Right. And he was hungry. <laughs> and he seemed to be hungry. Like m- the more broad point is that we can't trust this guy. No, not at all. It's in the like also... Please don't send me anything else. Please desist from sending me literally anything anymore. 
the other thing that that points out this guy is just like evil and and terrible he Mm -hmm. so he mentions that they like set the whole island on fire and i think the portals went away but the carving didn't and so he was like yeah we couldn't destroy it so i sent it to you um you didn't try nearly hard enough to destroy this thing before sending it to presumably your friend who runs a museum where the public is coming in to look at the cool shit. You tried fire and then you shipped it off. That's one. You tried one thing. That's not even a, that doesn't get you a D. You don't even get a D plus for effort here. Right. Also, you're not even, you're not even curious because, okay, here's the thing. She, Carrot calls him on his phone yeah that he has yeah (laughs) and like yells at him and he's like oh no (laughs) you're not like hey you got call me you you don't call a day or two after you sent it and are like hey did you get the thingy yeah uh it's kind of it's pretty cool i think but like keep an eye out you're just like shocked when you get us phone call from them <laughs> yes <clears throat> yes and i think this leads me to a theory actually this is a small theory and i think it kind of starts to explain this guy and maybe he's not evil here's what here's what the relationship between this guy and the uncle is the uncle okay. calls this guy up and he's like hey how we doing uh, I know you're out traveling the world, finding cool stuff. Um, the other curators and I at the museum are always looking for any artifacts you find. Um, we have plenty of, of funding and secure temperature climate controlled cases for all of them. And we've got the latest technology in carbon dating and, and all of this great stuff. So we can we can take whatever you'll send us. Like we're we've got all the facilities necessary to handle anything. And this guy has never been to the museum, so he doesn't know. And the mm. uncle is grifting this guy to get him to send him all this cool stuff because he thinks it's in this cool, huge museum that's like state of the art. And he's just like hyped okay. that it's it's getting people looking at it. It's getting yeah, nice. he's hyped sure. about it, but he's never been there. And the uncle is kind of grifting him. And now it's coming back to bite him. Okay, I think I think that it's either that or he's evil. Mm-hmm. Right, I think there's no real in between. Absolutely not, yeah. It's that or he's for sure evil. Yeah. Could, could, be, could be either one. <sighs> right. The, oh, man. The last thing I want to say about the fact that he tried fire and then shipped it off, because there's some of the like, very obvious things to try. Uh, one of them is a wood chipper. Somebody carved this thing. Somebody took pieces off of this thing using some kind of tool. So maybe try out a wood chipper. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll do the do the trick. Hmm? Okay. See, this is risky though because, is it like the shape of the carving and everything, or is it just like that? There's a piece because wood chippers create many pieces. This is a good point. It might be that it's just a piece, and if that's the case, yes, a wood chipper is going to be an issue. Definitely going to be an issue. But 
anything you do would be an issue then, right? <laughs> right. Sending it to your buddy, probably not probably not high on the list. Yeah, definitely. Of responsible things yeah, to do. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> okay, can we... We haven't talked... This is going to be changing. Yeah, something. let's go for it. Okay. Um, we haven't talked about her and her ex's relationship very much mm, yet. Okay. And so obviously he's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, right? for sure. I feel like I'm supposed to be happy at the end that she is like putting him in his place. Um, in some way, because it's like she no longer cares mm-hmm because this horrible traumatic experience has happened to her right right and like in some way i i I don't know where i stand Mm -hmm. on this because it is satisfying right to have him call and her be like i don't freaking know what you're (laughs) talking about i don't really care about you yeah yeah yeah. right it is satisfying but on the other hand (laughs) like the reason that she's able to do that is because she's in a way worse place well so i don't know okay 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 Here's what I'll say. She's not necessarily in, like, it's not that she's in a worse place, right? Because at the beginning of this, she is in a worse place. Like, she's living in a kind of a gross, rundown museum and, like, also is scrolling his Facebook pretty often. And so, like, it's not just that she's in a worse place. It's that she's gone through some terrible stuff. She's gone through some really bad stuff. And is now on the other side of it. And looking back, she's like, yeah, that other stuff I went through was way worse than any of this. So I don't really care about it. Mm, so it's like okay, a perspective sure. shift. It's not that she's like, <laughs> she's not getting this call while she's in the bunker being chased by uh, the boatman and being like, yeah, I can't really talk right now. But gotta go. Bye. <laughs> like, she's not actively in a in a terrible situation when it's happening i think she's just gotten perspective yeah Mm -hmm. and and i think there's two ways you can do it right i think one of those ways is yes you can get perspective that like things could be way worse so in the grand scheme of things this isn't really that big a deal uh alternatively you could get perspective that things can be way better and this didn't matter that much and that's a rom-com right that would be a good one. Mm-hmm. That would be the one you would choose, probably. Right. If I if like, I was there, I'd go for the rom-com every time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to get over my negative experiences by having a worse traumatic experience. No, I... But it's like, oh, yeah, that, that, that old one. Nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. If given the option, definitely choosing rom-com over horror every time. No doubt. Easy choice. Easy choice. Easy choice. Also, take the house. But I don't really know how finances work. I think she says that she couldn't really afford to keep yeah, it. Yeah, that is what she said, yeah. But I don't really know what that means. Also, I imagine the dude probably would have like pushed back a little bit because it turns out he actually just wanted to be with this other chick. And so if, if she's taking the house and he has to move, then he's like, ah, actually, uh, could I keep the house? <laughs> I mean, he offered, though. Yeah, but I, I from the way that this guy is acting, he seems more like it's, like, disingenuous. It seems more like he was offering to be the, quote, nice guy, and he felt bad about his, like, cheating that he did, but... Right. I mean, I agree with that, 
but I like I would call his bluff. I I think he knew she wouldn't though. Like I think he offered it knowing she couldn't pay for it and knowing there was no way for her to call his bluff. And so he was just like, yeah, I can look I can look pretty good if I if I offer this. Okay. And he's oh man, their whole relationship vibe sounds like it sucks. The fact that he's calling too afterwards and being like, "Hey, are you okay?" Are you okay? It's like, dude, go away. <laughs> go away. Right. I think that's, yeah, I think that's the mm-hmm. vibe that we get from from her as well. Um, but no, I, I, the ending here, actually very lovely. Mm-hmm. In which the, like, little stuffed animals in the, stuffed animals is probably not the right term. The taxidermied animals, like, help her out. And now we have this great connection. And Prince, killing mm. it. Mm-hmm. Very strong antlers. Um, very nice to see. And now she's got even this more of a connection. I mean, she's still, like, living in the back room of this very... Uh, but anyway, um, emotionally, pretty it, nice. It is pretty nice. Do you think... Every now and then she's tempted to try and get back in to get a piece of willow branch back to like get that to like feel the to rush feel again. the rush and also like imagine 30 years go by and she's still holding on to this memory of when all the animals in the museum came to life and they they loved her and they were so hype about her and she spent those 30 years every day in the museum with these dead lifeless animals every day remembering that one night when they came alive and she's like i kind of want to see a move again okay the way that you're phrasing this seems very sad mhm right um and like 30 years go by and she's like, you know, I survived. It wasn't that bad when that willow thing was around. I think that she's, we're getting a book. Mm. You think she's. Wait, who's Kingfisher again? No. Um, she's definitely chasing, chasing that high after at some point, right? Do you think? <laughs> Do you think she goes to, like, the Hall of Presidents at Disneyland and is just so interested in the animatronic technology? Do you think she shows up there and is like, okay, so how do you get him to move again? Tell me in specific <laughs> details how I, how I, you make them move. Specifically. Slower? <laughs> slower? Okay, what's a servo? Right, she's going to be, she's going to very quickly be, like, a quite successful engineer because... She has learned to build this system by herself. Right, right. She's going to take taxidermy to the next level. This is going to be the next evolution in taxidermy. You take your animals in and she will make them ambulate and move. Right. It's very healthy. It's very, yeah, it's very good. She's definitely moved on from her ex. No question. This is a healthy thing, I think, for her. I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, and then, and then we've got Simon mm-hmm. who is like, I'm going to say, I feel like Simon's got to have some money tucked away. I'm coming back to it. Yeah, no doubt. He's a, he was selling drugs because in Florida and a lot of drugs. 
for sure he's got money tucked away. We did. We kind of brushed by the twenty pounds of LSD thing. I thought it was two. Was it two? I, okay, still. Either it's way. a lot of LSD at that point. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm coming back to it. We've got no rent. We've got no other employees. Very little expenses. He's making bank at this coffee shop. You're saying it's all profit. It's all profit. He's not spending anything. Well, he's got the fashion. Look at his apartment. He do- he doesn't even have like real furniture in there. He's just he's his IRA is phenomenal. <laughs> okay, then the question is what is he doing with it? What's he saving up for? Um maybe a big fashion career. All of a sudden, oh, I need an I need a graphic designer as well. And then carrots along for the ride. Ooh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you're saying the sequel to this is The Devil Wears Prada. I think... Okay, I don't know if The Devil Wears Prada um, is the sequel. I don't actually... I think it's definitely going going that direction, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. When they move to New York and start their fashion company. Correct, correct, correct. And it's in some way themed towards willows. <laughs> oh, you think they, they take their worst time and they transform it into beauty. Is that what you're saying? Right. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Big turnaround. I like this. Yeah, okay. I'm on board. I think this is the sequel. <laughs> and so next... No. <laughs> okay let's i think that's it that those are our last notes let's do some quick reviews i'll go um i and i this is a good this is a fun read um i was i was i i didn't really like ever want well let me rephrase it was a book that i was very like it was very easy to just keep reading um for me at agreed least. yeah i think that I got a little bit frustrated in the middle when it was like the investigation was not was going in a really weird like it was just not happening. Um, but I think it was I think it was fun. I liked the ending of the of the like connection with the with the taxidermied animals. I can't tell where I stand on just getting like no information on them because on the one hand i i want to know a little bit Mm -hmm. more but also it's like it's kind of cool that it just ended so i don't know Mm -hmm. but okay in general i liked it yes okay i think i largely agree with you i liked the first half i think a good amount more than like the second half because i think the exploration of the other dimension was very cool and I wanted more of that. They didn't have to necessarily tell us more details about them and, and things like that. I would have been fine if they just explored more and raised even more questions. That's fine with me. But mm-hmm. I wanted more exploration in this like terrifying zone. Because when we came back out of the terrifying zone, it was definitely like scary when they went back. But, like, the moment where the otter was attacking in the taxidermy place 
felt too normal, honestly. I wasn't really that scared by the otter that was brought to life and, like, attacking. It was just kind of like, eh, all right. You're getting attacked by an otter. That's kind of scary, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, it's scary in, like, a being attacked yeah. by an otter way, not, like... Look, so it was. It, I got the one part that I got scared at in the second half was the scratching at the yes, door. Yes, sure. When we didn't know what was right. there, but then it was like the little rabbit. It was like a raccoon or something. It's like all right, it's a little fine. raccoon. So I, the, yeah, this is what I agree with. I think the first half with the exploration was very good. I think that we spent too long on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say I appreciated I appreciated that there wasn't some contrived reason for them to go back in. Like, <laughs> we joked about that at the end of the last episode. I appreciated that there was never, like, a we have to go back moment where they were just like, yeah, we're never, ever right. going back. No way. I thought that was good plot design. Like, they shouldn't go back unless there's something that's drawing them there for some reason. But I think I wanted them to spend a little bit longer in the zone and i will say we got a little bit of that from the book from the bible like messages that they were reading which i thought Mm. those were a nice touch i appreciated those they were okay i i i did like them i don't think that they added a ton of exploration i agree but i think it like fleshed out the what was kind of happening in more detail Sure. So I that's sure. what I'm like appreciating about it. Um but fun read. I agree with you. Fun read for sure. It was quick. It was snappy. I was never bored. Pretty good mm-hmm. book. That's what I like in a book. Okay. That is The Hollow Places by T Kingfisher. Next week, a couple days before Halloween, we're going to do a little trick-or-treat episode. Mm. We're not reading a book. That's right. That's right. We're going to do a little trick-or-treat next week. So get excited for that. No homework for you. But after that, next Cradle book's coming out, Luke. Perhaps, perhaps you've heard of it. Reaper, book 10 in the Cradle series, comes out November 2nd. We're going to hopefully have the episode out that Thursday. Get excited for that. Yeah. But yeah, next week, trick or treat, we'll be bringing hot takes and being dumb nerds. Mm -hmm.